0: Hello, and all, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all are having a great day because I sure as hell am, and I will tell you why. It is because I have received an insane email today of an opportunity that I did not think would ever come across my table ever in my entire lifetime. People only dream and talk about with their friends and family of these kinds of opportunities, but I am here to tell you that anything, anything is possible. If you host a dumb podcast, if you are just sitting at home, if you are doing something with your life, this can happen to you because if it happened to me, that means it can happen to anyone else. Today, this morning at 8.21 (laughs) a.m., Mrs. Chantel Lawrence, okay? Famous, the famous Chantelle Lawrence. If you don't know who she is, you've been living under a rock for a very long time. So I got this at 821 this morning. Hello. It starts off with good day in bold letters. Good day. And then a few paragraph, a few tabs down. Hello in all caps. So the good day just had the capital G and capital D, but in bold. Hello is all caps. No bold, no explanation mark either. So I'm confused when people type in all caps. There tends to be like an exclamation mark at the very end of it, or something. Like it's a hello, you're yelling at me, or something like that. But you have been compensated with the sum of three point eight million dollars in this United Nation in this United Nation. The payment will be issued. I'm reading this exactly how it sounds. Will be issued into ATM Visa card and send send to you from the Santander Bank in Spain. We need your information. Thanks, Miss Chantel. Lawrence. Man, this is what I'm talking about. These opportunities don't come around every once in a while. These opportunities are something that people talk about with their friends like, man, I just wish that when you're watching the NFL draft last Thursday, you're sitting there and going, man, I wish I could make a a fraction of the money that some of these kids are going to make in the next 20 minutes. Like Trayvon Walker, the first overall pick to sign his contract today. And Trayvon Walker, I gotta try and get this up because I forgot. I didn't think about it till right now. Trayvon Walker signed. Hold on. A officially set value value set. He'll be signing a four year. Okay, this is weirdly oddly specific. Three thirty seven millions three hundred seventy two thousand six hundred twenty one fully guaranteed. That includes a twenty four million three hundred sixty thousand and eighty eight dollars signing bonus. With a fifth and a fifth-year team option, so that's a lot of money. Like, but for me, who's never done anything like noteworthy athletically, like I played high school football, played high school soccer, grew up playing soccer, grew up playing football, dabbled in basketball here and there, did wrestling my sophomore did did wrestling my sophomore year, played baseball when I was a kid, got called Sammy Sosa, thought I was the shit, hit, hit a kid in the head with the baseball, knocked him out, then I didn't swing the bat anymore. Then I went to William Penn, quote, air quotes, played for two years, got hurt, got concussions twice in the span of four months. <laughs> then, uh, yeah, I had to retire from that. So when you, those opportunities you think like, and even when I was playing, I didn't really think the opportunity of me going to the NFL was an option. Like I'm playing an, I'm playing a quarterback for a triple option school. It didn't really matter what university I went to. If you run the triple option as a quarterback, the chance you are. Chances of you making the NFL as a quarterback are next to none, especially getting drafted first overall. Like, these undrafted guys, they ain't really making that much money in comparison to Trayvon Walker's insanely specific contract that he just got. And I want to know what the negotiation tactics were over that. Like, no, that is not the exact amount of money we were looking for. You are here offering, really offering us $37,370,000? $37,370,000? That's insane. I demand you give my client $37,372,621. And then we will sign the contract. You're only offering him 24000000 as a signing bonus? No, 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 no. million, three hundred sixty thousand eighty-eight dollars is what we are looking for here. Come on. We're not playing with chump change here. And I know in comparison to that contract, $3.8 million is chump change. But man... All I need to do is give them my bank information? That is the easiest $3.8 million I've ever made in my entire life. And they're going to send it to me in the mail. This is beautiful. So I would like to say that take this moment that I am retiring from the Logan Blackman show because I am too good for you people now. I have made $3.8 million in a matter of seconds. And again, all I needed to do was give them my bank information. Like, work smarter, not harder. You know what? Like, these people that are working really hard to make this type of money, I just work smarter. I wait till something falls into my emails and goes, hey, we'll give you this. These opportunities, again, do not come around every once in a while. Once in a lifetime. These might not even come around in a lifetime. And it came to me on this May 3rd of 2022, a sum of $3.8 million. I cannot get around this figure enough. This is life-changing stuff right here. I don't have a lot of money right now. I ha- Sure, I have a full-time job, but the podcast isn't really paying for itself at this point in time. This 3.8 million were more than cover the Logan Blackman Show podcast. Now that we have a YouTube channel dedicated to the podcast itself that we thought about after we recorded Monday's show, it's all coming together. I think this is just a sign that Man, I've been working really hard lately. I've, I've just been working really hard. And my, like, sometimes when you work really hard, you don't feel like these, oppor- like, you don't get compensated for what you're working at. But I think this is it. I know I said work smarter, not harder, but I'm kind of, I think I'm kind of doing both. I'm smart and hard. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. But regardless, this is a serious moment here. So, like, whenever this card comes in the mail, I will just let you know I will no longer be doing the Logan Blackman show. Because I'm a newfound millionaire. Okay? I've already talked to some apartments. I'm upgrading the system here. Or apartments. Shoot. We're moving to Hawkeye Estates here. If you know what that is here in the central Iowa area, it's where cool guys live. Like myself now. So, uh, yeah. I feel like I'm starting a band as well. I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to dabble in some different ventures. Might get into crypto, you know? Might wear a pair of pit vipers. I don't know. I'm feeling kind of frisky nowadays because I got this newfound wealth in me right now. I think I might start wearing glasses. Not because I need them, just because it's aesthetically pleasing with the goes with the rest of my outfit. Like, I got a pair of fake glasses right here that I wore for Halloween costume, but they got smudges all over No, we need fake... We need fake glasses that are expensive. I got to keep up in the game. I can't keep wearing the same same garb that I've been wearing my entire life. I can't wear these Adidas sweatpants that I've had since I started playing soccer in high school. I can't be wearing these anymore. I got to up the game. I got to buy specifically what is the what is that brand? Um Lululemon sweatpants. 90 to 100 to $150 or the sweatpants. I don't even really want to be rocking $10 socks anymore. I want to be wearing Lululemon $40 socks. And not cool ones, like footy socks. And I'm going to wear Birkenstocks now. I might get a haircut, like an actually good haircut. I've never gotten a good haircut in my entire life. This money changes that. Okay? I just like to say that. It's not really. You know, it's not, just because I'm a newfound millionaire, I'm going to try and not let it change me, okay? I'm not going to let it change me. I'm going to be the same Logan. Totally will be the same Logan. I'm not going to cut off anybody. I will give whatever I have to you people out there, because you have been following the Logan Blackman Show for years. I will give back to the Logan Blackman Show fans. Nope, it's all mine. Cutting all you losers off, Okay. Go on my own path. I'm a newfound millionaire. I need millionaire friends. I don't need to be hanging out with people that listen to the Logan Blackman show. Oh my God, man. Let me just think this water. This fridge water. This is the last time I will ever be drinking fridge water. I'm getting Fiji water from now on. What's more expensive water? Alkaline water, maybe? I don't know. Might move somewhere fancy. Because Des Moines just ain't really cutting it for me anymore. What's a state that I could bring all my rich friends to that definitely don't need rich people living there? And they're kind of just cooling and booing by themselves. Idaho. We'll go to Idaho. Yeah. I don't know what goes on there. I know they have potatoes. I know Boise State's there. I know they have the blue turf. Might become a donor of a university. Hmm. All these plans, but wait we don't, I'm not here to gloat about my newfound wealth, okay? We will talk about the newfound wealth here in the coming minutes. Like, maybe, maybe the coming minutes, depending on when the bank information, you know, goes through. We don't really know when all that stuff will go through. I don't know when they'll, like, I don't know why they really requested my bank information, if they're just going to send me a card. So I'm kind of confused about that. But you know what? It's neither here nor there. We're a millionaire. We got to move on. But some people, the NFL, they produce a lot of millionaires. They produce a lot of them. These 20, 21, 22, 23, 24-year-olds getting these million-dollar contracts, multi-million-dollar contracts, just talked about Trayvon Walker's contract and the number one overall pick, they get a lot of money. So today was the deadline, if I believe, or yesterday was the deadline. Something was the deadline coming up with 50-year options for the 2019 NFL draft class. So this is the likes of Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, um, Ed Oliver from the Bills, Nick Bosa, all these guys. 2019 NFL draft class. We we're approaching their fifth year, and there are a lot of people in this draft class that had their fifth year options declined. Some more depri- surprising than others. Most of them though aren't that surprising in reala- reality. Like Cleveland Farrell, in your fourth overall pick, and you got outshone by a guy in your same draft class, your same position that was drafted four rounds later. It's a you know kind of a a, a hit to the crotch, in some would it some would say, and a. The Raiders, under the Mike Mayock and John Gruden regime, made a lot, a lot, a lot of very interesting draft selections. And their other first-round draft pick, I say draft pick, draft picks. Neither one of them got their franchise tag. Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Abram, neither one of them. So three first-round draft picks for the Raiders. None of them are getting their fifth-year option exercise. You know how bad of a draft that is? When you had three first-round picks and none of them get franchise tagged, None of them. Like, two is one thing. Three? I'm pretty sure they traded up to get Jonathan Abram as well. They stood pat at Josh Jacobs. Now, I understand Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is clearly the best of the three players there. But Josh Jacobs is sadly in a realm, or a, a, uh, what do you want to call it, a time in the NFL where the running back position is not as valued as it was, say, 15 years ago. Maybe not even 15, five years ago. Like when all these running backs were getting these massive ass contracts, now they know running backs can get hurt. There's good running backs growing everywhere. Like the Chargers had a first round draft pick in Melvin Ingram or Melvin Gordon. They did have Melvin Ingram, but he wasn't a running back. Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, this undrafted dude from some D two school. Melvin Melvin Ingram, jeez. Melvin Gordon wanted a big time contract extension. Chargers were like, nah, and went with Eckler. Eckler played really well. Gordon screwed himself out of a lot of money. The Chargers like, we can get more value out of a guy that's a whole hell of a lot cheaper. We're going to do that. So and when you get your fifth-year option to it's not like it's it. You can still ball out and then get a new contract the next year, but that year protection is gone. So if you don't ball out this year, the chances of you coming back on the team are next to zero or near zero. But Josh Jacobs, he's a fine running back. He's nothing like amazing or anything, but he's a fine running back. In regards to Farrell and Abram, Abram just hits hard. Like, that's that's literally all he does. I liked Jonathan Abram out of Mississippi State, but, uh, yeah, that's all he does. It's like he just spears people. That's it. And Cleveland Farrell, I couldn't really tell you anything that he's done in the NFL. Memorable or non-memorable, I don't know what he's done. He literally he hasn't done anything. He hasn't. If he has, I'm sorry, but I can't think of anything. Uh, next one, Daniel Jones. Not surprising. I mean, Daniel Jones we've talked about before. Daniel Jones, I think, has the potential to become something in the NFL. I'm not saying it's locked on guaranteed to become something in the NFL. I mean, I think he has the tools to get there. Like, I think he has a decent arm. He's athletic. He can move around the pocket extremely well. But I don't know if his brain works all the way, which is weird to say because he went to Duke. But there's so many times where it's like, what the hell was that? Like, when he trips over his own feet or whatever decision he has throwing the football or how many times he fumbles. Like, the dude fumbles all the time. It's ridiculous, but you got Brian Dable there, who was very instrumental in Josh Allen's development in Buffalo, and i kind of getting sick and tired of this. We've talked about this before, and I got the reason I'm bringing this up, because it got brought up today again on Twitter, of people comparing Josh Allen's numbers, his first two years in the league, and Tua's first two years in the league, and, you know, they're around the same. Tua's got some numbers that are better, but there's a thing that's called ceiling. Tua's ceiling is not Josh Allen's ceiling. Tua is a fine quarterback. Like, if I had to compare the two between Daniel Jones and Tua, I would take Tua. Not stupid. Tua makes a whole hell of a lot less mistakes than Daniel Jones does. And is a lot less derpy than Daniel Jones. He doesn't have the name Derpy Jones. Like, Derpy Dimes. Like, it's not that's not what he is. Tua just isn't anything spectacular. He's a fine quarterback that's accurate, that moves around a decently, decently well, doesn't have a strong arm, really. But, yeah, Tua and Josh, yeah, their numbers are similar. Josh Allen came to a team that sucked. That was miserable. They were expected to be the first overall pick the year he got drafted. The year he started playing, his two quarterbacks in front of him were Nathan Peterman and AJ McCarron. Tua had Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's a little bit of a difference there in regards to your uh, your I don't know your development in that system. Now you could go. Tua's head coach hated him. Josh's coach loves him. Yeah, that's fair. It's fine. Doesn't mean Josh Allen had an easier life than Tua has had at this point in time. Tua's going to be fine. I have really no issue with Tua, but he's not Josh Allen. He won't necessarily – I guess I shouldn't rule it out completely because there's a chance in everything it's the NFL. Everything's crazy. But I really doubt he's going to develop into the quarterback Josh Allen is. And Daniel Jones, though I think he's got the tools to get there, I don't know if he can put it together. I really don't know if he can put it together or not. Time will tell. He's got a good supporting staff around him right now. They upgraded the off to line. They got Saquon Barkley back in fully healthy, hopefully. They got some decent wide receivers. If Kadarius Toney stays, they did bring in Wondell Moore in the offseason as well in the draft. So, I mean, he should be fine, but I don't think he'll develop into Josh Allen. I think he could develop into a nice starter, be a nice journeyman, be a Josh McCown type thing. I don't know. I don't know. I think because Josh McCown, people forget, was lining up at wide receiver when he was first in the league. So Josh McCown, people remember him just being this old journeyman backup. Josh McCown was playing wide receiver at certain points in his career. So Josh McCown could run. Daniel Jones, same thing. I don't think he's as smart. I don't know because it's just so weird because he went to Duke. You had to be smart to play at Duke. You have to be. But there's just so much times it looks like his brain just shuts off and it doesn't know what he's doing. I, I don't know. But I was not surprised at all when I saw Daniel Jones did not get his option picked up. Then you have Devin Bush. I was kind of surprised by this, but I think the main reason around Devin Bush, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. I don't really follow the Steelers that closely. I thought Devin Bush was fine. I'm not saying he was a world beater or anything, but I think he's just hurt all the time. Is that his main issue? I, don't, I think he's just hurt all the time. Hold on. He played five games in 2020 and then 14 last year. His career high in tackles was 109. He had that as a rookie year. He didn't get above 70. He got 70 this year. So I don't know. I I think it just has to do something with injuries. I I, I think he's fine. But I, I can't really speak like I know exactly what I'm talking about because I don't really know anything about Devin Bush. Garrett Bradbury, the Vikings center, not surprised by that at all. I mean, I have a few friends that are Vikings fans. I've watched enough Vikings games. Over the recent years since he's been drafted to know that Vikings fans do not really like Garrett Bradbury. I think Garrett Bradbury is very athletic. I mean, he showed that at the Combine in his pro day, but that's about it. He made that catch last year against the Packers in that weird-ass Sean Mannion game that was one of the most boring football games I've ever watched in my entire life. Like, Garrett Bradbury, yeah, I'm not surprised he got his fifth-year option declined. Andre Dillard, same thing. I mean, he got beat out by a, a seventh-round year, a seventh draft pick. And you're he came in... Supposed to be the guy that eventually replaced Jason Peters. That didn't happen. And Jordan Malatala? I, Jordan Malata? I don't know how to say his, if, Malata. Jordan Malata. He came in and started right away. Like, pretty instantly. Not pretty instantly, but he started 24 out of 29 games. He's developed into a pretty decent tackle at the next level and kept Andre Dillard out of the squad. Drafted the year before... And he was a 7th-round draft pick as opposed to Andre Dillard being the 22nd pick. And the Eagles traded up above the Texans to get him. And the Texans took Titus Howard at 23. And Titus Howard got his 5th-year option picked up. I'm not saying Titus Howard's a world-beater or anything, but he's done a lot better at this point in time because of his positional versatility. He played guard a little bit last year, or a little bit, mostly played guard last year, than Andre Dillard has. And Andre Dillard was supposed to be this elite pass blocker that doesn't seem to be able to pass block uh, number twenty-eight, Jeremy Tillery. Yeah, not really surprised. Same thing with L.J. Collier. Some from the Seahawks, Chargers, and Seahawks. I'm not surprised, by either one of those guys not getting their fifth-year option picked up. They haven't really done anything. We already talked about L.J. Collier when we talked about the NFL mock draft. We talked about positional value and what we talked about on last Wednesday when they had two two defensive ends on the roster: Shelby Harris and L.J. Collier. Who hasn't done anything? Tillery has not done anything. They're fine. Like rotational pieces, but not first round guys anymore. Caleb McGarry, Falcons, doesn't do, had not done anything. That Falcons team had a had an offense at one point. It was like two years ago where every single player on their offense was a first round draft pick, and you could not tell. You could really could not tell that that offense was all first round draft picks, especially on the offensive line. Caleb McGarry. They drafted Lindstrom first at like 13 or something, and he got his option picked up. And then McGarry from Washington, if I'm not mistaken, got drafted at 31st. They traded up to get him, if I'm not, again, trying to remember this draft. And hadn't worked out. And then 32, Nikhil Harry. Yeah, I, Nikhil Harry can't catch. That's If you're a wide receiver that can't catch, it's pretty bad. So that's 11 players out of 32 first-round draft picks that did not get their options picked up. So let me just say this. I have a few million laying around. I could help these guys out if need be, if need be. Just saying, there's an option there. I mean, I want to upgrade my friend group here because I'm now a millionaire. I've got to start, like I said, make friends that are also millionaires. And these guys are struggling. I mean, they just got their fifth-year option turned down. They're probably hurting a little bit. So, yeah. Well, the 2019 draft class was a very interesting one because, again, this was one of those draft classes where – you can kinda of point to and go, Whoa, we didn't really know where the first round who the first overall pick was. And then we kinda of figured it out. We all knew once we started going, Okay, this is happening, uh, Kyler Murray was going number one, Nick Bosa two, Quentin Williams three. Quentin Williams didn't start off very well with the Jets, and now he's become one of their best players on defense. Then Devin White, linebacker from LSU, he's done pretty well for himself with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Josh Allen, the Jaguars one then we got TJ Hawkinson, who's developed into a uh, do I want to say top five tight end? I could at least say top seven. I don't know if I could go top five just yet, but Ed Oliver got his option picked up. We have Jonah Williams from the Bengals getting his option picked up. Rashawn Gary, he was athletic. His big thing was that he was very athletic and needed to round up some things in his game, and he's done that. He's developed into a very nice player. Then Christian Wilkins from the Dolphins played at Clemson. Really nice defensive, la- defensive tackle. Chris Lindstrom went 14th uh Brian Burns who's been one of the most electrifying defensive ends in the NFL Dexter Lawrence D tackle big dude also from Clemson so that's what we were talking about with this year's draft brought this up on Monday where we had three players from Georgia's defensive line get drafted in the first round we had Walker Jordan Davis and uh Wyatt uh Devontae Wyatt almost forgot his name and this one we had Cleveland Farrell we had Christian Wilkins and Dexter Lawrence and Chris Kylian Farrell was supposed to be the last of the four taken, or the three taken, and he was taken first, fourth overall. Then we have Jeffrey Simmons, who's had a very nice career since he started off a little shaky, like you, you remember the scandals he was going through at that time. There's, there was some stuff there, so the Titans took a punt on that, and it worked out for him. He's developed into a nice player. Noah Fant got his option picked up by the Seahawks. We had Darnell Savage there as well from the Packers. Then Marquise Brown got traded to the Cardinals. Montez Sweat, one of the, be- one of the better pieces – or I guess he's one of the key pieces on a really talented defensive line in Washington. Then you got DeAndre Baker. I don't know where he's at now, to be honest. I really don't know where he's at. He's in Kansas City, I guess. <laughs> because he got he got arrested right away. And then it was I remember this being one of the weirdest things I've ever read. It was something along the lines of he him and someone else tried to rob somebody. And in order to get them to not tell anybody that they robbed them, they were like, we'll pay you. So we're going to basically rob you, but then give you your stuff back that we just took from you. That's kind of confusing, is it not? Or is that just me? I guess I've never thought about robbing anybody before, so I don't really know the ins and outs of going about that. Maybe that's a natural practice of the situation, but I I don't know. I can't speak on experience from that one. But the first round in this one, just an all right one. Like this one, you didn't have any trades for a while. This is one where everything kind of stood pat for a little bit. I mean, you had, you had the trade up from the Steelers to Denver to 10 to get Tevin Bush. That was it. And then we started seeing trades around pick 21. But there was no trades in the top 10 apart from that trade to get the Steelers up to 10 to draft Devin Bush. And it's kind of sad when you look back and go, oh, wow. We traded up into the top 10 for this guy, and uh, now we're not exercising his 50-year option. Kinda of sucks now that you think about it, ain't it? <laughs> but man, this draft, this is a fun draft. I remember I stressed about this draft a lot. I released my mock draft right as Roger Goodell was walking the stage. And this is what before the website. This was my first year at UNI, and we just posted them on the Logan Blackman show's wet on the Twitter account, the old one. Uh, let's see actually if it's up. Because the Logan Blackman show, I don't I haven't been on this Twitter account in forever. I'm not even following it. I unfollowed my own account. <laughs> it's not even followed me. Oh, I know. I remember. I don't follow myself on my social media, unlike the Logan Blackman shows accounts. But um, scroll down a little bit. Yeah, there was no website, so we're gonna try and see the last mock draft. These one took. A, these took a while. These took a while. I mean, I they still they take a long ass time now. But I posted a lot on this account. Should I, should I bring it back? Jeez, that is awful. I forgot about the old set. This is from July 20th, 2020. And this is when I was trying to start recording, like, editing videos and stuff like that for the podcast. And it did not really work out. Like, we have a YouTube channel. Again, you can remember to subscribe to the new YouTube channel. We'll post, link, we'll post a video on there every single time we post a show. So make sure to subscribe to that. It is now that channel is actually, so we we're gonna we called it TLBS because it was going to be the second channel, which it still is the second channel, but what we ended up doing is that the Logan Blackman Show channel will be the podcast channel. TLBS will be the YouTube, like, the videos channel. Because the Logan Blackman Show is the podcast name. The Logan Blackman Show is not the YouTube account. So when you subscribe to the Logan Blackman Show, that's the podcast account, okay? Kind of confusing, kind of convoluted, but it doesn't matter. The Logan Blackman Show is the podcast one. TLBS is the videos one. So, like, we'll do, I say skits, we'll do preview videos on that channel. We'll do some skits on there. Like, we'll do some different things on that. But the Logan Blackman Show channel, which currently has four subscribers, two of them are myself. So, <laughs> you gotta you got to subscribe and help brother out here. But that's where we'll post all those. We have 11 views on the first podcast. How many, how many, uh, it's one like. And it's not from me. So, you know what? that's positive. We'll take that retention there because it's kind of depressing when I do it for myself, but it's So That's cool. But for subscribers, make sure you subscribe to the Logan Blackman Show on YouTube. TLBS for the YouTube's like, again, comedy, comedy stuff, previews, all that sort of stuff. But while we're talking about that, make sure you're following the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Again, the YouTube channels we just talked about and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Twitter is Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram is Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is the Logan Blackman Show one Facebook and YouTube, you can search Logan Blackman Show. They both pop up. TLBS for the YouTube videos that you wanted before. And it's Logan Blackman Show for the podcast side of things. And, of course, you're listening to it right now. So make sure you're following and or subscribe to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. Leave a five-star rating on both of them if you could for a reason. And leave a reason why if you can. I would greatly appreciate that. But I remember we did tier list. This is when I did. I had a lot more time back then. <laughs> I don't have as much time anymore. But um, I'm trying to find this podcast link, or the, the mock draft. Da, 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 da. Come on. I don't remember where this all is. Jeez, I, this was a long time ago, wasn't it? Oh, there, there's. Oh, that's drama in the Big Ten Championship game. I don't remember. Oh, that was when I was doing. Oh, man. I'm going down a trip on memory lane right now. I go- <laughs> I found my old Colorado NCAA Sims. Man, I was so deep in my Colorado Sims. Like, this is four national championships at this point in time. This is 2020. I had more than four national championships. I had, like, seven national championships. Six or seven national championships when it was all said and done. Richard Dick, the greatest head coach of all time. We transferred conferences quite a bit because things just kept getting too easy for us, you know? Just getting way too easy. What is that? Now we wait. Submit- oh, that was when I was trying to get on Apple Podcasts. Um. Again, this is just going down. Oh, the geez. the KBO, Korean. What was that called? Was it the KBO? Yeah, Korean baseball organization. You guys remember this? This is just going down memory lane right now. I did not intend for this to happen, but when you had to, when no sports were going on, when COVID first became like a national, like an international thing, when everything was shutting down, the first thing that came back, the first sports league that came back was the Korean Baseball Association. So everybody was going out and choosing their teams. So I was the Doosan Bears. That was my team. I cannot tell you a single thing about that team before or after because I have not seen anything from the Doosan Bears since that whole weird summer. So Doosan Bears. Let's see how they're doing. Let's see how they're doing. I mean, I have a dog named Bear. That was my main reason for choosing the Doosan Bears. What are the Bears doing nowadays? Are they doing pretty good? Bears doing all right? Okay, I'm not I don't care. I'm just going to go back. We're looking for this mock draft here. Where is this at? Okay, I found the 2020 mock draft. I don't care about that one. I oh, want the 20, 2019. Got to scroll a little faster here, don't we? Scroll, scroll, scroll. Jeez, we're not even out of 2020 yet. We posted a lot on this show, didn't we? Oh, God. Oh, 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 that looked like something. That looked like something. Oh, that was playoff predictions, those was preseason predictions. NFC record predictions. Oh, okay. There was that one. Oh wait, was there a website? Oh, this is YouTube. Uh We got some retention on this account, I guess. But nothing too crazy. That's why I ended up just not using anything for it. But um there's the World Cup or Gold Cup and Women's World Cup that we talked about We did previews for that. Okay, hold on. We're almost... I think we're almost there. (laughs) I didn't think this would take this long. Okay, we found it. Okay, so mock draft 4.0. Okay, I'm looking at it now, and it's not great. This is exactly why I stopped doing trades. This is exactly why, and I was so stressed, I didn't even realize I had the same player on two different teams. I don't even know what the team... what. Did I change it in the reasoning at least, or did I keep it all in the same thing? Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, so I – okay, I'll try and explain that. <laughs> so first overall, we got the first two picks, right, with Kyler Murray and Nick Bosa. We had Washington because Dan Snyder was accordingly taking over the draft, trading up to draft Dwayne Haskins, RIP to Dwayne Haskins. It didn't happen, but they did end up taking him. We had Quinn Williams – Quinn and Williams going to the Raiders at four – Devin White to the Bucks at 5. Josh Allen, the edge rusher, going to the Giants at 6. Ed Oliver going to the Bills at 7. So you know what? Give ourselves a round of applause. I knew they were going to draft Ed Oliver, but it sounded like they were going to trade up to get him. Falcons, there was reports they were going to trade up for Devin Bush. That didn't happen. He went eight. I had him going 8th. TJ Hawkinson to the Jaguars. Andre Dillard to the Panthers at 10. Montez Sweat to the Bengals at 11. Jawan Taylor, who didn't go to the second round, drafted 12th. Christian Wilkins to the Dolphins at 13. You know what? We'll take that. Brian Burns going to the Lions at 14. Jonah Williams to the Jets at 15. Noah Fant to the Broncos at 16. So we knew they were going to trade back and select Noah Fant. Just didn't know which team, obviously. Cody Ford to the Giants at 17. Oh, he ain't first-round draft pick. Garrett Bradbury to the Vikings at 18. Okay, we got that one. Marquise Brown to the Titans at 19. Byron Murphy to the Steelers at 20, even though it says Greedy Williams there. Cleveland Farrell to the Colts at 21, D.K. Metcalf to the Ravens at 22. That was all brought on because D.K. Metcalf walked to the draft with, I believe, a make-a-wish kit. I could be wrong, but I believe he said he he was a Ravens fan and wanted the Ravens to draft D.K., so that was the only reason I did that. Dalton Risner to the Texans at 23, Josh Jacobs to the Raiders at 24, Chris Lindstrom to the Eagles at 25, Rashawn Gary to the Seahawks at 26, Irv Smith Jr., to the Raiders at 27. Okay, so they didn't trade up from that. Greedy Williams to the Chargers at 28. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, to the Seahawks at 29. Nikhil Airy to the Packers at 30. Drew Locke, and I'm trading back into the first round of draft, uh, the Broncos. So we got the Broncos' first two picks right, just not in the right spot. And then Greg Little, or Dalton Risner might be their second pick, and Locke might have been their third, if I, I don't remember. And then Greg Little, who has not been very good in his own right, at the Patriots at 32. So all in all, and we're just looking at the teams. Don't care about the picks. We got the Cardinals right. We got the 49ers right. Washington right. We got the Bucks right. We got the Bills right. We got the Dolphins right. We got the Broncos right. Twice, even though it wasn't the first round. The Vikings right. The, 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 the Raiders right with Josh Jacobs. So that's 10. And that's it. So we got 10 picks right. Not including where they were drafted. Just the teams they were drafted by because there were no trade apart from that one trade we talked about from the Steelers from 20 to 10 there are no trades until pick 21 and then everything started going buck wild it was ridiculous and i remember seeing LJ Collier getting linked to the Seattle Seahawks at one point prior to the draft so that was not great for me not doing that and i <laughs> Logan is losing his mind i posted this video at 104 in the afternoon and i was for lack of a better term, shiting myself. So, yeah, that was a, that was a little upsetting. That that draft sucked. That was so stressful because that was the first one. I, I did some – oh, wait, I have the 2018 draft class as well. Where is that? I remember I – okay, there was one – I remember I posted a poll on this Twitter account where it said, "Who are the Gi- who's going to play for the Giants? It was like Josh Rosen or Kyler. Or what team do you think Josh Rosen could trade for? What team do you think draft Kyler – they were both on the Giants, but the Giants won both those polls. They both can't be on the Giants. It's impossible. They weren't going to do that. They weren't going to end up on the same team. This is also when we were doing Unit of the Week. Unit of the Week was fun. I really enjoyed Unit of the Week. But where's the? we're going to keep going because I did the 2018 draft class on here too. I don't know how far back we're going to have to go for this. I'm scared for the 2018 one. I know I had – before I go back to I I know I had Baker one. I had Saquon 2, and then I had the Josh Rosen 3, 4, who was 4, Bradley Chubb. The Bills trading up to 5 to get Sam Darnold, and then the rest I'm lost. So, but I remember that. I remember that much. Josh Allen went to the Cardinals. Where is this? Okay. So, yeah, I got the top 5 right. Josh Allen going 6 to the Cardinals. The Bills, interestingly enough, we've talked about this on the show before, of wanting to trade up with the Broncos. But the Broncos didn't think Bradley Chubb was going to be available. So once Bradley Chubb became available, the, Car- the Broncos were like, nah, we're going to take Bradley Chubb. And then they had to wait a few picks and go that direction. I had The Bucks taking Derwin James. Hindsight, he's a top 10 pick. Quentin Nelson, Chiefs to, to the Bears at 8. Tremaine Edmonds to the 49ers at 9. They ended up taking Mike McGlinchey. And Mike McGlinchey going to the Raiders at 10. I had multiple drafts with the Raiders trading back with the Cardinals because... I was like I don't know. I I my gut said Josh Rosen would be the last quarterback taken out of like the big 4 at the time. Like Lamar Jackson is the second best quarterback in this draft class. But the big 4 at the time, it was like, yeah, I think the Raiders will trade back with the Cardinals. I had that in a few mock drafts, but the the 49ers, I don't really think anybody really expected them to take a tackle and the Raiders, they took Colton Miller a little bit later, so it didn't really matter. Vita to the Dolphins at 11. They took Minka Fitzpatrick, I had going 14. Denzel Ward to the Broncos at 12. No, it's actually ironic that Denzel Ward went to the Browns and Bradley Chubb went to the Broncos. I have those two picks flipped. Deron Payne to the Redskins at 13. We had that one. Minka Fitzpatrick, 14. Roquan Smith falling all the way to 15. So again, similar thing with the Broncos and Browns thing. I had Quentin Nelson to the Bears and Roquan Smith to the Colts. Flip those two around. DJ Moore to the Ravens at 16. Lamar Jackson going to the Chargers at 17. Josh Jackson from Iowa going 18th to Seattle. Calvin Ridley to the Cowboys at 19. Darius Geist to the Lions at 20. I think they took, they took Frank Ragnall, the center from Arkansas. Billy Price went next. I had Frank Ragnall going to the Bengals. Marcus Davenport. Uh, the Saints traded up a long way to get him. A long way to get him. Like at 14 or something. Or I don't remember exactly where, but it, they traded up a lot. And Colton Miller to the Patriots at 23. Jair Alexander to the Panthers at 24 Rashawn Evans to the Titans at 25 Taven Bryan to the Falcons at 26 Hayden Hurst to the Saints at 27 Justin Reed and I got that I used to call my Steelers oh what was it what did I call him my resident Steelers expert Caleb Caleb Farnham one of my best friends from high school I had him tell me who he thought the Steelers would draft and it was Justin Reed they ended up taking Terrell Edmonds and I remember seeing a it was something the NFL Network did where it was, they would change it to something different. Where it was like, what what would have happened if this went down? Like it would go, who they should have drafted? Pretty much, what what picks would have been the same? And they had Justin Reed going to Steelers. So it was kind of funny how that all worked out. Cortland Sutton to the Jaguars at twenty nine. Isaiah Win, guard from Georgia, guard tackle from Georgia, going thirty to the Vikings. Leighton Vanderess to the Patriots at thirty one, and Dallas Goddard to the Eagles at thirty two. So you know what? We'll take that as well, because Dallas Goddard went to the Eagles just a little bit later. So in this draft, we got Baker right, we got Barkley right, we got Deron Payne right, we got, hmm, Rashawn Evans right, Dallas Goddard, we'll count that, we were taking, <laughs> we had to take some dubs when so we could get him. This draft kind of stinks. But I remember this is when I first started really getting into it, so I was stressing a whole lot about this. I released this 6-36, so a half hour before the draft started. and I Because I remember that's when Baker Mayfield was announced like, he was going to the Browns. That was when it happened, so I was like, okay, we got to change this. And then I saw if, if Josh Rosen was there, the Jets would take him. I saw the Bills were going to try to transfer Sam Darnold. So it's like, okay, the Cardinals, I think they'll take a quarterback, so Josh Allen will go to the Cardinals. It was kind of by default. But I think they all went when they got drafted. They all fit the the atmosphere which they were drafted into. I think they all were perfect for those fits at the time. Obviously, things changed in time, but I think at that point, Baker and Cleveland were perfect for each other. Darnold and the Jets, Josh and Josh Allen and the Bills, Rose and the Cardinals, Lamar and the Ravens. Like I think it all worked out. Like at the time, they were all looked like okay. That's they all landed in the the spots they were supposed to land. Well, I remember I stressed about that one. These are two drafts I really stressed about. I really, really stressed about. So, my prediction if the Browns draft Allen, Giants take Darnold, Browns draft Darnold, Giants trade with Bills who draft Allen. So, I, I think at that point, so this was 2.0. So, I only made th- two mock drafts, which is a far cry from what we do now. <laughs> but <laughs> Josh Allen won, Darnold two, Rosen three, Baker four with the Bills. Bradley Chubb to the Broncos at five. Uh, Saquon Barkley to the Colts. Any picks that were right in this one? Vitav- no, not Vitaveda there. I liked Lamar to the Jackson the and car- the Chargers. I didn't realize that. Josh Jackson to the Packers, but that didn't happen. I mean, he, he did go to the Packers, but later. Anything else? That's like something that sticks out. Mason Rudolph to the Cardinals at 20- 32. Yuck. <laughs> No, that's pretty much it. Rashawn Evans going to the Steelers, that would have been mean. I mean, that was right after the whole Ryan Shazier thing. So that would have been just mean, especially when he announced the pick. I'm just I'm just going down memory lane right now. This one I had Denzel Ward going to the Browns at four. That would have been nice if I just kept that. Josh Allen to the Card the Bills at nine. Baker to the Cardinals at at ten. See, that's what I was talking about, but I didn't have the right quarterback. I didn't do spell check either, so I just there's all these red lines around. I I spell check, that's not the, what I'm like quote unquote upset about. But I'm who wait, I didn't even see the Bills' second pick. Did I have them trading out of the first round in my last mock draft? I did. Or they get the okay. They trade up to five, so they give up both picks. Okay, I gotcha. But yeah, that the names are all red, because they're not like Vander Esch. Geis, the Darnold. They're not real words. So the, the spell check is not there. But I remember I defended Josh Allen like crazy after this because I had no choice. <laughs> I had no choice. But man, I really didn't think we were going to do that. I'm exci- I'm happy we did because I haven't looked at that Twitter account in a very, very long time. But with that, I think this is a good time to segue into this. I found a quiz today and I kind of want to do it. I was getting bored and I was sitting around, and I was like, man, this quiz could be kind of... I want to, I, when I get bored sometimes, I'll look up Sporkle quizzes, or like NFL draft quizzes, or NFL quizzes, or quarterback quizzes, or something like that. And I found this one. Can you name the top 10 NFL draft picks since 2010? Now, this is not including, obviously not including this past year. So there's no 2020. I can remember the top 10. I remember the top 10, I'm going to go in order... I'm going to go 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018. We're going to go in order. We're going to go as much in order as possible. But this past draft, Walker, Hutchinson. Then we had Stingley, Gardner, Thibodeau, Aquanu, Neal, London, Cross, Wilson. Look at that. Not very fast, but you know what? We got 10 minutes to do this to get through 12 years. So this is gonna be interesting. 120 players. I know who all the first round first picks are, but we're not gonna do it that way. Would that be fun? If I went like first overall pick, or we just wanna go in draft order. Because I know all the number one overall picks, like fairly those are fairly easy. But I think we should just go in order of draft. Okay, we're gonna do it that way. We're gonna do it that way. So Lawrence for 2021, Wilson, Lance, Atlanta, Pitts, Chase. Uh, Waddle Detroit uh, Sewell Carolina Oh crap JC Horn Sertan what, Why does it not spell it? Sertan Philly Smith Okay Oh there was a lot of Smiths Burrow Come on <laughs> Burrow Young Okuda New York Giants Should have been worse But it was Andrew Thomas Tag of Viola. Herbert <laughs> Brown Simmons, Henderson, Cleveland, Wills, Willis, Wills. Twenty nineteen. We just went over that draft. Murray, Bosa, Williams, Furl, <laughs> Tampa, White, Giants, Jones, Jacksonville, Allen. Oh, that's gonna pop up a couple times. Lions, Hawkinson, Bills. Oh my God, Oliver! I almost I blanked on that one. <laughs> Steelers, Bush. Twenty eighteen, Mayfield. We kinda of went over this one too. Barkley. Darnold. Cleveland again. Ward. Chubb. Nelson. San Francisco. McGlinchy. Okay, we spelled it right. And then Rosen. So we got through four years. Twenty seventeen. Garrett. Trubisky. Come on. Ski. Jacksonville. Uh Fournette. Tennessee. Who would Tennessee take? Oh, uh, Chris da- Corey Davis. Jets, 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 Jet Adams, Jamal Adams. Then we have Carolina McCaffrey, Bengals, <laughs> John Ross, Kansas City Mahomes, Rams, Goff, Wentz, Elliott, Jacksonville, Jack- Ramsey, Baltimore Stanley, San Francisco, um, uh, F- uh, Buckner. DeForest Buckner, Tennessee, Conklin, Chicago, 10, uh, uh, Floyd, Leonard Floyd, Giants, Eli Apple, <laughs> T- Tampa, Winston, Tennessee, Mariota, come on, Jacksonville, crap, oh, Fowler, Dante Fowler, Oakland, who did Oakland take? We're at 60, LOL, 69 players with 7 minutes and 30 seconds left, Oakland. Oakland, Oakland, Oakland. I'm trying to remember who it would have been. Was it defensive back? Because... Oh, crap. I'm blanking hard here. I'm blanking really hard. Who the hell did Oakland take? I don't want to skip this early. I wanted to make it through two lines here. No, 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 no. Who do they take? It wasn't Cleo Mack. He's later. because he got drafted fifth in 2014 because the Bills took Sammy Watkins fourth. Crap! Oh, no. I've already wasted a minute, or about a minute. I'm six minutes and 43 seconds. Oh, no. Who did Washington take? Who did the Giants, who did anybody take in the top ten here? I'm blanking really hard. Well, I know 10's girly. Okay, we're skipping. I I can't, I can't help it. I, we'll come back to it. I wasted a minute. Clowney, St. Louis, that is the tackle from Auburn. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm blanking again. It's already happening. Okay, the Bills took Bortles, Watkins, Mac, Atlanta, Joe, Julio. What the hell am I talking about? No. He got drafted sixth, but later... Atlanta, Tampa, Who is? who are all these people? That one's Mark Barron, right? Barron. No, he was later, earlier. Wow, I thought I could do this better. Bradford's 2010. Detroit, who the hell did they take? That's Sue. Then Tampa was Gerald McCoy. Kansas City. Dontari Poe. <laughs> uh, Seattle. Walter Jones. <laughs> Crap. No, it was a Tackle, though. What was his name? It wasn't Walter Jones, obviously. Brown. No. Who did Buffalo... take? That's Gilmore. No, Stephon Gilmore. No, that was 2012. Crap. Who was... T- <laughs> I'm blanking so hard. Can't say he's Fisher. Oh, man. I did not think I'd do that. I just... Wa- Luck. Griffin. Cleveland. Who did Cleveland take? Gilbert's up there. Justin Gilbert. Okay, we found 2014 pick. That Raiders pick is pissing me off. Oh my god! It's not any of the other Raiders, the Washington guys, Minnesota. Who did they take for? Was that Khalil Ryan Khalil? I don't know how to spell Khalil. It's yeah, Matt Matt Khalil. Jacksonville, because there was a stretch where Jacksonville had like a hundred top five picks in a row. It felt like. Dallas. Who did Dallas take in 2012? Zach Morton wasn't a top 10 pick. Was it Tyrone Smith? Carol, okay, Newton. I knew Newton. Then it was Vaughn Miller, Marcel Darius, Cincinnati. Who'd Cincinnati? That's A.J. Green. Arizona. Who'd Arizona? Pat, no, P, it's not Peterson. It is Patrick Peterson. Tennessee and Jacksonville. Gabbert was Jacksonville. Tennessee, that last team in the top ten for twenty eleven. I've got ninety one players. Or twenty eleven. Twenty ten. Who the hell did the Bills take in twenty eleven or twenty ten? Good lord. Wow. Lane Johnson's twenty four twenty thirteen for the Eagles. There was a corner. It's not is it it's not Gilbert. I already typed that in. There's a couple really bad corners there. 2015. I want to get at least 2015 and 2014 right because then I have two rows completely filled out. Washington and the Raiders. Washington, the Raiders, Atlanta, and the Giants in 2015. Who the hell would those picks have been? 2014. St. Louis. I know it's a tackle. It's a tackle from Auburn. I don't remember what his name is. I'm blanking super hard on the tackle's name. Matthews went 6th to the Falcons. Oh, my God. Who is that tackle? Who did Tampa take? Detroit took uh, Eric Ebron. Okay. Tampa and St. Louis. Okay, we've got two picks away from 2014 all the way done. 2015, we've got four. Raiders. Raiders and Washington. I should know that. They're top five picks. I should get every top five pick. Why am I blanking this hard on these guys? Oh, Eric Berry. Okay, we got that top five pick done for 2010. Seattle, it's not Walter. What is the tackle? It's another tackle. He played for the Chargers. Oh, God. Russell O'Kung. Yeah, okay. Browns. Brown Bills. The Bills one's going to piss me off because 2010. Uh, Spiller, CJ Spiller. Obviously. They traded up to get. That- no, did they trade up? I don't remember. I remember my dad really wanting a tackle in that draft and they didn't get one. Jacksonville. Justin Blackman's on here. Gotta Got to get my cousin on here. Okay, Cleveland. Who did Cleveland take in that draft? I remember I just watched this draft not too long ago. The 2012 draft. You got 2 minutes left. 2012 draft. It's on the full draft is on YouTube. I just watched it. That's what's pissing me off right now. I literally just sat down and watched. It. I need two more picks to get to 100 and then I'll be somewhat content with this godforsaken list. Just start typing in names. Smith. <laughs> we already got Smith. 2013, who did Jacksonville take second overall? That tackle in St. Louis is really bothering me because I know who that is because he he busted really hard. Went to Auburn. 2015, Washington, who did you take in 2015? Sean Taylor. No, he went – why did I say Sean Taylor? He got drafted fifth in 2004. What am I doing? Why did I even – I got so excited for that. I know that top five. Does anybody care about that one? I got a minute ten left, and I got ninety eight out of one hundred and twenty. I need to get at least. Oh, where was this? Um. Oh no, that's Sam Bradford's year. I was looking for Mark Sanchez. Oh my god, this is pissing me off. Fifty five seconds. I just watched the twenty twelve draft, like not that long ago. Twenty thirteen, the worst draft of all time. (laughs) Not the worst, but not a great one. Oh, my God. I just watched 2011 as well. Who do the Titans take? 37 seconds left. I'm just waiting for one of these players to slap me in the back of the head. but I can't think of anybody. It's going to piss me off so much when these names pop up. 17 seconds. 10. crap we're not going to get to 100 are we no way unless something insane happens Hayden Joe Hayden's on here okay we got 99 <laughs> I hate that it popped up now okay 2010 Rolando McLean should have got that Tyson alawalu okay I kind of forgot about that one Jake Locker oh that's one of my favorite picks of all time because there's never been apart from maybe the Trubisky pick so much shock in regards to a quarterback getting drafted I should have gotten Jake Locker. Greg Robinson was the tackle. Mike Evans. I forgot about Mike Evans in Tampa. 2012 Trent Richardson should have remembered that. Maurice Claiborne. Ryan Tannehill. Luke Keekley. Oh, God. Luke Jokel. Should have gotten Luke Jokel. Deion Jordan. Ezekiel Ansa. Barcavius Mingo. I, I don't know how I can forget Barcavius Mingo because every single time we watched LSU when he was playing there... On CBS, my dad would always go, that's what we wanted to name you, but your mom said no. That's what I wanted to name you, but your mom said no. He would say that every single time. Barcavius Blackman is what he wanted to name me. Jonathan Cooper, Tavon Austin, D. Milner. Okay, there's a bad corner. Chance Wormack, uh, 2015 The Raiders, Brandon Sheriff. Oh, okay. Vic Beasley, and then Eric Flowers. The ones I'm upset about, I should have gotten Jake Locker. Should have gotten Jake Locker. I got so hung up on Greg Robinson. I'm not really worried about 2013. I, I'm not really worried about that one that much. I should have gotten Tannehill. I should have gotten I should have gotten the quarterbacks. I should have gotten Amari Cooper. I should have gotten Sheriff. He's from Iowa. Mike Evans should have gotten him. So I should have I'm not too upset with this. I mean, I got 83% right. 99 out of 120. The average score is 52%. I mean, we'll take it, but it's not what I wanted. Like, we breezed through the first, like, however, 2021 to 2016. Those were easy. And then everything else was kind of meh. And I didn't know if I said this before. If you get it, this is one thing I kind of like and kind of dislike about it, where if you type in someone's name, so let's say someone's name is Smith, whoever was drafted with the last name Smith pops up on the list. So, like, when I typed in Tyrone Smith earlier... I think I already, ty- yeah, I already had Smith on the board. So when I said Tyron Smith, he was already there. But I didn't even see that because I was panicking so much. But I'm not too upset with this. I mean, I will always want to do better in this. I mean, I got a reputation uphold. So I would like to have done better in this. But I'm not like pissed. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. Yes. Jake Locker is one of my favorite draft picks of all time. Like, I was confused. Like, I was, I remember sitting there watching him at Washington. And um, Christian Ponder went 12th that draft. Like, just a year of quarterbacks who weren't really that great in college that were heralded as these next great things and, surprisingly, didn't do a whole hell of a lot in the next level. It's really weird how that all worked out. It's like, oh, man, these guys weren't really that good. Turns out they weren't really that good. It wasn't that they were with a bad team. though; they just really weren't good. I remember, like, Drew Weatherford, better than Christian Ponder at at Florida State. Drew Weatherford didn't really do a whole hell of a lot. I think he played for the Patriots. I say played. He was on the roster for the Patriots. But, yeah, we're just going down memory lane today, I guess. So, yeah, that's fun. But we're going to stop the memory lane thing. I know memory lane's nice to go. Like, it's fun to go down memory lane every once in a while. But sometimes you got to look forward to the future. And that can be fun. That can be scary. That can be whatever you want it to be. But I think it'll be fun because I come high on the list today and a little bit of last night where I have gone through and ranked the top 10 quarterbacks of next year's draft class. I don't have all the reasonings done for every single player but we'll get those done tonight. That's easy stuff to get done. And if I don't get it done tonight, we'll get it done tomorrow morning. But we have 25 quarterbacks. Now there's only 20 there's only 10 like properly rated. The rest of them are just kind of listed at the bottom of other 15 quarterbacks like I want to give a chance to I don't want to just say these are the only quarterbacks worth drafting next year the only ones okay the only ones and some of them might be lower than what you're expecting some might be even higher than what you're expecting but this is all projection at this point I mean it's pretty stupid to do this right now because Kenny Pickett wasn't anybody's top tens last year and he guy was the first quarterback off the board like last year's top five you had Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell first and second Spencer Rattler transferred to South Carolina after getting benched against Texas and Sam Howell got drafted in the fifth round. So it's kind of, again, it's kind of stupid to do these things now, but it's fun. Gives us stuff to talk about. So with this, I don't really think there's any surprises on who the top two guys are. I think everybody knows at this point in time who the top two guys in next year's draft class are. Again, specified, this point in time. This is all subject to change. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. In whatever order you want them in, it's basically just a preference. Like I remember going on this show back in the fall and standing on a hill by myself, it felt like, defending C.J. Stroud. That dude got so much hate in his first few games as a starter, and I went on social media and got in an argument with this dude about C.J. Stroud. We found a Twitter account dedicated to just bashing this 18, 19-year-old kid. I remember his first start against Minnesota. Everybody bashed his first start. And not looking at the fact that it was a Big Ten, his first ever game was on the road on national television. I know their Ohio State's are always going to be on national television. But your first ever game on a night game on the road against a Big Ten opponent, you're going to have some sort of struggles. In your first ever start, a very hostile environment, yeah, that kid's going to have some growing pains. And he did. But he started playing better as the game went on. And every time we talked about C.J. Stroud, we talked about every single time he's played, though he's had moments in the game where he struggled, he came back and played really, really well in the fourth quarter. He always got better as the game went on. You don't want to get good at the start and then get worse as the game goes on. You want to gradually work your way to being the best you can be. And that's what C.J. Stroud was in the fourth quarter. But man... The way people talked about him. Matt Miller from once some Bleacher Report now with ESPN said Ohio State should pretty much just play any of the other five stars on their roster. It's like, no, C.J. Stroud is fine. We don't need to bench C.J. Stroud. I remember I had him ranked high in the Heisman rankings at the start of the year, and some dude came on Twitter and bashed me for it. The dude finished fourth in the Heisman race. The dude set a Rose Bowl record for passing yards. He passed like 600 yards in the Rose Bowl with six touchdowns. 5 hundred and seventy three yards six touchdowns in the Rose Bowl and he didn't have people want to use his weapons as a thing against him he didn't have Chris Alave or Garrett Wilson in that dra- in that game and still did that against the Utah team that was supposedly had a really really good defense torched him like CJ Stroud has the arm strength you're looking for he's not necessarily like a Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, but he's not totally immobile. I know he didn't put up the greatest rushing numbers of all time last year. I think he had an 8 of 20 rushing yards. But he's good. He is really good. And I'm excited to see what he does this year with that year. of And as he got better, that confidence that he got towards the end of the season, that builds him into this year. I'm excited to see what he does. But that being said, he's number two. Bryce Young, if you've listened to the show long enough, We've been Bryce Young fans since day Doc. Like, ever since he was at Matter Day, we have been fans of, of Bryce Young. When he decommitted from USC and recommitted to Alabama, you're we like, okay, this dude's going to be the best talented quarterback Nick Saban has ever had. We said that before he even played. We talked about, you can go back and listen to shows, because that's the beauty of this. I can say this, because I remember talking about it, and you can go back and listen to shows. We talked about a quarterback battle between Bryce Young and Nick and Mac Jones. Mac Jones... Played all right in the final few stages of the season in 2019 when Tua got hurt. And didn't do anything to lose the job. That was the main thing here. It was kind of a situation like Jake Fromm and Justin Fields. Jake Fromm just went to a national championship game. He did not do anything to lose the job. Jake, Justin Fields, everybody knows, is more talented than him. But Jake Fromm didn't do anything to lose the job. So was Jake Fromm's job until he lost it. And he never did. And Justin Fields, yes, we knew then and we know now he's the better quarterback, but Coaches have loyalties to their quarterbacks, rightly or wrongly. And a lot of times it can be wrongly, because I'm pretty sure a lot of Georgia fans would rather have had, in hindsight, Justin Fields than Jake Fromm. I mean, Jake Fromm's fine, but Justin Fields is a whole hell of a lot better than Jake Fromm was. (laughs) But that was a situation in Alabama, where Mac Jones didn't do anything to lose the job, but Mac Jones finished third in the Heisman race, or third or second? Because Kyle Trask, it was Devontae Smith, was it Trevor and then Mack, or Mack then Trevor and then Kyle Trask? I can't remember what the order was. But Mac Jones went on to have a great year, won a national championship, did draft to 15th overall. That still didn't change the fact that Bryce Young is and still is, was and still is more talented than Mac Jones. But as we've always said, talent can only get you so far. Like there are quarterbacks that are better than other quarterbacks that are they're less talented than. There's a lot of those cases. Like this. the same what we just said, Mac Jones is not more talented than Bryce Young, but he is a better quarterback at this point in time than Bryce Young is. Maybe. I, I shouldn't say right now. I, no, no, Bryce Young is better than Mac Jones. I, I, I take that back. Because Bryce Young will get drafted earlier than 15 than Bryce Young's already won a Heisman. So he's better than Mac Jones. But the example we always used to say was Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's more talented than Baker Mayfield. But Baker Mayfield is pretty much undoubtedly better than Sam Darnold. Like the Panthers are gonna bring in Baker Mayfield to take Sam Darnold's starting job. That's but Sam Darnold is better better, more talented than him. He has a stronger arm, he's more athletic than him. He's bigger than him. But Baker Mayfield is better. Bryce Young is You know, that guy. Bryce Young's that dude. He's not that big. That's things that could might hurt him. Like where CJ Stroud is six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds, Bryce Young's six foot one ninety. And that's on a good day. He's six foot. I don't think he is because in high school I don't. It's this kind of well. It's the same thing in college. They're not official measurements here. It's whatever you want it to put. Like you can gain weight, you can add weight, you can add height, whatever you want. They're not they're, I don't think he's six foot. <laughs> I don't think he is. He could very well be, but he ain't six foot. I know Brian Robinson's a big guy, but he got shrunk by Brian Robinson, Alabama. He got shrunk by out Brian Robinson. But we said this dude's the most talented quarterback Nick Saban's ever worked with. We said that before he played a single snap at Alabama. That he's the most talented quarterback he's ever worked with. And he also became the first ever quarterback in Alabama history to win a Heisman Trophy. The third player in Alabama history to win a Heisman Trophy. Bryce Young has an insane arm. Like, absolutely insane. He throws the ball so freaking hard. Probably harder than any other quarterback in this draft class. And his numbers, rushing the ball, are not anything amazing. He's got 81 carries for zero yards. But the dude can run. Whether he's willing to run or not, or if there's not enough design place for him to run in Alabama's offense, the dude can move. Let's not get that twisted. But that really helps Bryce Young in the pass game as well because he can move around. He gets vague tacklers. And it's just not like he has to do it all the time because Alabama's got one of the best offensive lines in college football you, pretty much every single year. But when he has to do that, it works out very, very well in his favor. And he can contort his body. This is key. Be able to throw the ball from different angles. That's what Bryce Young does. Like, Bryce Young, if we're comparing him to C.J. Stroud, Stroud's bigger, but I think Bryce Young's more consistent, and I think Bryce Young's more athletic than C.J. Stroud. And that's not saying really anything negative about C.J. Stroud. It's just what I think about Bryce Young. And I think if Bryce Young does anything, and I mean anything close to what he did last year, we might see the second-ever two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The other one's Archie Griffin. Never happens. It happens one time, running back from Ohio State in the 70s. It's been a long-ass time since that's happened. I think Bryce Young has the talent to do that. There's some other quarterbacks on here that could be dark horses, but those are the top two guys. You can debate the order all you want, but that's just down to preference at this point. I've always been a big Bryce Young fan. We've talked about him forever. So if I went on Spotify. Let's just see how far. Like I remember talking about this during COVID, and that was when Mac Jones was still the start. We talked about Alabama quarterback controversies. Because we didn't have a whole lot lot to talk about. (laughs) We didn't have a lot of sports going on. So scroll down all the way. Oh, we didn't do it. We had to do it like this. Oh, crap. I forgot I just labeled the episodes as dates. I didn't actually do anything. Uh, I'm not going to go through every single description. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. (laughs) I thought it would be titles, but I forgot I did that. But yeah, Bryce Young, number one. CJ Stroud, number two. That's fine. Number three, all projection at this point anthony richardson is number three anthony richardson aka ar-15 dopest name is all of all time next to that of cardale jones is 12 gauge ar-15 can literally do everything he's six foot four 236 pounds and though he's been mostly used in the running game for florida like most of the time he still needs to work out some kinks in the passing game if this dude gets consistent playing time at Florida next year, I'm not saying he could, but he might be able to challenge for a Heisman. I'm not saying he'll win it, but he could challenge. Cuz one thing that hurt Florida a shit ton last year was their consistency in the passing game. Emory Jones, who I think is insanely talented. I don't want to take anything away from Emory Jones, but his inconsistencies and in his up and down play are against teams like USF he threw two terrible interceptions against USF, a team that they obliterated, yes, but should never have thrown those balls in the first place. And it screwed me out of money because they didn't cover that game, and I thought they would. They got, like, one touchdown less or something like that. But Anthony Richards in that game had over 100 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, and three total touchdowns. Like, the Duke and Ball, if he didn't get a concussion, we might not have seen Emory Jones back on the field. But Emory Jones came back, played well. They had a two-point loss against Alabama, and then he was kind of like, we're going to keep this rotational thing going. But they got a new coach, Bill Napier, coming from Louisiana, who worked with a very, very good quarterback in his own right. Doesn't get really talked about that much in Levi Lewis. Very talented quarterback. Very, very talented quarterback. Smaller quarterback, but very good. Anthony Richardson can do a whole hell of a lot. That dude can do everything. If he gets playing time, that's the big if. If he gets playing time, he could develop into something very nice. He could be. i just have to wait and see. Number four, Tyler Van Dyke. I'm excited to see what Tyler Van Dyke does this year. Because Mario Cristobal put that label on him that he's the best signal caller in college football, so I'm very intrigued to see what he does. But even if he didn't say that, everybody knew Tyler Van Dyke's a very good quarterback. He didn't start off his Miami career, like, with, in the best way. Like, he played really well against Central Connecticut. Not Central Connecticut, that's an FCS team that finished 4-7 and seven last year. You should win very easily. He had one incompletion in the game and, like, three touchdowns. Those are easy games. And his next two games that he played after the Central Connecticut game— he completed 47% of his passes, just one touchdown at three interceptions. against gets two ACC schools in Virginia and North Carolina. And then after that game, his next two opponents, he had 325 and 426 yards. Back-to-back ranked conference opponents. I think it was NC State and Pitt. I could be wrong. Maybe flip those around. I don't remember exactly. And then following those games, he had seven total touchdowns in the air, those two games. After those two games, and you can really just go back to the... the I think it was the North Carolina game was his last really bad game. He had more than three touchdowns, in, or three or more touchdowns, in every single game the rest of the season. Three or more. And Miami's not really the, the powerhouse it once was, but Mario Cristobal coming in, a Miami dude, coming from Oregon where he rebuilt that program, I think he could really do a lot with Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. Offensive guy, so I'm excited to see what that is. I don't care... I mean, it's funny to say that he said that he's the best signal caller in college football because I don't believe that at this point in time, but I think he could definitely get there. He's got the size. He's not, like, insanely mobile, but he can hurt you running the ball. Is he the same athlete as Richardson or Bryce Young? No, but he can move. Number five, Phil Yurkovic. I really like Phil Yurkovic. We talked about him a lot before the season last year, and then against UMass, he got a hand or wrist injury. I can't really remember what it was. It sat him out for a lot of the season, and then he came back. It wasn't really the same but he still put up a lot of yards running. At 322 yards rushing, five touchdowns. He had seven passing touchdowns, four picks. Strong arm, big dude. When we talked about him last year, we compared him to a Miami of Ohio version of Ben Roethlisberger. Like Bigger dude, can move really well. And people wanted to see what he did this year because it was really just one season at Boston College. He transferred from Notre Dame and had a really nice season at Boston College then got hurt. Once he gets back into the swing of things, I think, he, I think he's good in the top five. I really like Phil Yurkavik. He could be even in the top three. But I think that Van Dyke and Richardson, especially Richardson, I think have higher ceilings. So that's why I have him at five, but I could easily put him at four. Like Him and Van Dyke are interchangeable in my book. I, I, I really like Phil Yurkovic. I'm excited to see what he does now that he's back and fully healthy. And rushing the ball, throwing the ball, whatever he does, dude's really good. Number six, another one of my favorite quarterbacks from last year, Hendon Hooker. We talked about Hendon Hooker quite a bit on this show. Because Hooker, when he came in, He replaced Joe Milton as Tennessee's starting quarterback. Joe Milton, when he was the starting quarterback, the offense looked dead. They were not doing anything. Tennessee was a bore to watch. Hendon Hooker came in, and after he started, Tennessee started playing a lot better. He had 31 touchdowns to three interceptions through the air, 620 yards rushing, and five touchdowns there as well. I'm excited to see what Hendon Hooker... He's the unquestioned starter at Tennessee. A big-time program. I know there's always jokes about Tennessee being ranked in the top 10. and Why are they ranked in the top 10? They're just going to fall instantly after that, I lose to some team they shouldn't lose to. Yeah, that's always true. But Hendon Hooker helped them in a lot of games. And the games that they played against really good opponents, Hendon Hooker played his best football. So I like that with Hendon Hooker. Doesn't back down from the Alabamas, the Ole Misses, all these teams. He played really well. And he's got size too. He's 6'4", 218 pounds. I'm excited to see what he does as the truly unquestioned starter going into the season. Number seven, Will Levis. A lot of people really like Will Levis. A lot of people really like Will Levis. And I like Will Levis as well. Very athletic, big dude. There's a lot of big time, like, big dudes that are really good quarterbacks. The four, the last quarterbacks we mentioned, like, this was read out their heights and sizes. Like, Anthony Richard, 6'4", six, six, 236. Tyler Van Dyke, 6'4", 224. Phil six five two twenty six. 6'5", 226. Hooker, 6'4", 218. Will Levis, 6'3", 232 pounds. And there's all these pictures of him hurdling people, running over people. And Kentucky is a very run-heavy oriented team. Chris Rodriguez is back because they're starting running back. Very consistent running back. He should be... I don't know. I'd put him in top 10 running backs right now. I don't really want to rank the running backs. now. we're talking about quarterbacks right now. But he had good numbers last year. 24 touchdowns, 13 picks, not ideal. But 376-yard rushing and 9 touchdowns there as well. So if you look at it this way... He had 33 total touchdowns, 13 interceptions. The interception numbers are going to have to go down. That's way more than every other quarterback on this list. Now, it's kind of unfair to compare him to Richardson and <laughs> because Richardson didn't really play that much last year. I mean, Richardson had six touchdowns, five picks. He didn't really start a lot of games last year for Florida. He played quite a few, but he didn't start a lot of them. But I'm excited to see what Levis does. Bigger dude, again, runs really well, fits well in Kentucky's offense. Looks like Taysom Hill in this picture, but he's bigger. uh, How big is Taysom Hill? I guess I don't really know that, but yeah. Number eight, man, this was the hardest quarterback to grade, and I think if I say that, you know exactly who I'm talking about. At least you should know exactly who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, on his day, is probably the best quarterback in college football. On his day, if we're talking about just potential, Spencer Rattler probably has the highest ceiling on any quarterback of this draft class. But the thing is, good lord, the dude's just kind of a douche, isn't he? Like he makes it very hard to like him. I don't think there's anybody, at least in the state of Iowa, that likes Spencer Rattler. If there is, I have not met them, especially Iowa State fans. There's not one single Iowa State fan that likes Spencer Rattler. So I think a lot of them are just excited, or not maybe not excited because he didn't really... I mean, he beat Iowa State the first time he played him. No, 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 he didn't. Iowa State wore the black uniforms. They beat them at home. And he talked trash and stuff. He just comes off as a big old douche. So... I don't think a lot of people are cheering for Spencer Rattler, but we're just talking about pure talent. He has the best arm in this class by a lot. He's not like... I wouldn't put him up there as an athlete of like Anthony Richardson or something like that, but good athlete, can make every single throw. He's similar-ish skill set to that of Patrick Mahomes. Again, that's not saying you'll ever become Patrick Mahomes or is Patrick Mahomes or whatever, but he can make similar throws. He can make similar plays to Patrick Mahomes. He just needs to get his head on straight. The South Carolina transfer... I get uh, Beamer worked with Oklahoma. but That's just a weird transfer, isn't it? Did anybody expect him to go to South Carolina? If they did, they had to be somewhere connected to him or the University of Oklahoma or University of South Carolina or South Carolina University, whatever the hell they're called. They want to be called USC. They're not that. But, I, yeah. Spencer Rattler. I, well, it's interesting to see what he does there. I did not think he'd be a guy that replaces Zeb Nolan at South Carolina. Uh, number nine, Grace McCall. Fun quarterback. Fun dude. Flo, long eye black, binky mouth guard. Like, who doesn't love a quarterback that wears a binky mouth guard? I'm excited to see what he does this year. There was talks about him possibly transferring, and he said no to that. I think he could go a lot higher than this. He's got the size, 6'3", 210 pounds, runs the ball really well, makes smart decisions throwing the ball. But the thing is, plays at Coastal Carolina, not playing the toughest competition. I know they're a good team. I know Coastal Carolina's a very good team. But we'll see where he does. I think he'd go a lot higher than this. But we just got him at number 9 right now. And the number 10, we got Cameron Ward. Transfer from Incarnet Word. Put up numbers like freaking crazy at Incarnet Word. Transfer to Washington State. I mean, Washington State, you think of crazy numbers. You always think of Washington State. You think of the Western Kentuckys. You think of now Mississippi State. You think of all these schools, big-time, big-time numbers. And Cameron Ward could be just that. Now, a lot of his stuff at Incarnet Word where a lot of RPOs, a lot of play-action stuff, he's got a really interesting throwing motion, but the dude can play. The dude can play. He's very excited. He's one of those quarterbacks to watch this year. Like we had Malik Willis last year, where you want to watch this guy. Trey Lance was the year before that. Like I think Cameron Ward's your guy, where not a lot of people might not, not, people might not know who Cameron Ward is, but I think Cameron Ward could definitely shoot up some boards. Like he put up 4,600 yards and 47 touchdowns at Incarnate Ward. I know, again, I know Incarnate Ward's not the biggest school in the world. They're at FCS school. So we'll see how he does at the FBS level at a, a big time conference with Washington State. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what Cameron Ward does. So the top ten, again, I'm not, like, married to this list or anything, so you can change it however you want. Bryce Young at one, C.J. Stroud, two, Anthony Richardson, three, Tyler Van Dyke, four, Phil Yerkovic, five, Hennon Hooker, six, Will Levis, seven, Spencer Rattler, eight, Then we got Grace McCall, nine, and Cameron Ward, ten. the other quarterbacks we have mentioned at the bottom – Brennan Armstrong from Virginia. This is just an alphabetical order. This isn't the order of what they're listed afterwards. Malik Cunningham, I think, could be very, very fun. He could win a Heisman. I would not be surprised at all if Malik Cunningham won a Heisman. Jayden Daniels transferred to LSU this year. Dylan Gabriel transferred to Oklahoma from UCF. Jake Hainer, we talked about him quite a bit from Fresno. Jaron Hall from BYU. Sam Hartman put up some good stuff for Wake Forest last year. Devin Leary at NC State. Tanner Mordecai, one of the quarterbacks that replaced Spencer Rattler. Uh, now it plays at SMU, puts up crazy numbers there. Tanner McKee from Stanford. Uh, McKee, uh, pro football focus loves himself from McKee. I don't know exactly why. He hasn't really done a whole lot to go, wow, this guy's really it. He could be. He could be at the very end of the day. But they, they beat Oregon, and then they fell off the face of the frickin' earth. <laughs> After they beat Oregon, like the start of the year. Until they, the start of the year. <laughs> His, here's his numbers. So he had one touchdown against K-State, two against USC, two against Vanderbilt, three against UCLA, three against Oregon. They played three top 25 teams in the span of five weeks. Didn't throw a single interception in those five weeks. And then after the Oregon game, <laughs> it was one touchdown, two touchdowns, zero, zero, one, one and then interceptions went from zero in those five weeks to three, two, and two, and then zero and zero. So you went from three, six. 8, 10, 11 touchdowns for the first five games to, and zero interceptions. 11 touchdowns. Yeah, 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions through five games. And then we had one, three, four touchdowns with <laughs> seven interceptions. Four touchdowns, seven interceptions the last remaining games of the season. So I'm intrigued to see what he does. I, I'm, I'm cheering for him. I'll never not cheer for a quarterback. Unless I just really don't like you. But Tanner McKee is an interesting quarterback for me. Bo Nix transferred to Oregon from Auburn. Then we got Tyler Show from A&M transferred from Oregon to Texas A&M. Got hurt last year. Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech should be fun to watch. Keaton Slovis from Pitt. I'm very excited to see what he does at Pitt. Very excited. Jordan Addison might be transferring, so that's a big blow to Keaton Slovis. But if he's there, that could be a very fun partnership there. And Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who I really like at UCLA. So those are 25 quarterbacks that could be looked at for next year's draft class. Other quarterbacks I didn't mention. I mean, you got JT Daniels. We didn't mention him. I don't know what he's going to do. I've never been a massive fan of JT Daniels. Uh, Tualia Tagovaiola, Graham Mertz, Spencer Petrus, Emery Jones, Tanner Morgan, DJ Uagalele, but there's a quarterback battle there, so I don't know what's going on with DJ U. Hank Bachmeyer from Boise State could be one to watch. Haynes King, Hudson Card might not even start. Sean Clifford, who Will Levis is better than who once played at Penn State, who was once Sean Clifford's backup. That's kind of crazy. Max Duggan, Spencer Sanders, Grant Dunnell, Michael Penix transferred to Washington. So we got a new transfer battle between the Apple Cup, between Michael Penix at Washington, Cameron Moore at Washington State. Zach Calzada transferred from AM to Auburn. Stetson Bennett and Jason Brown from Virginia Tech. Those are just some of the other quarterbacks that you can mention there for college football for the top quarterbacks in the draft class next year. I'm excited to see where all these guys go. Uh quarterback, I think, could surprise some people that's not in the top ten. Um, Malik Cunningham. I think Malik Cunningham would easily, easily, easily go in the top ten. Easily. He's got some things to improve on, per se, in the pass game, but rushing the ball, there's no other quarterback in college football that runs the ball like Malik Cunningham. I'm excited. He could really win the Heisman. I would not be shocked at all if Malik Cunningham won the Heisman Trophy. That's my, like, dark horse top ten guy. And then other people in there... I think if Kean Slovis gets back to his old ways, he could definitely be in the top 10, but we'll have to see about that. But Lee Cunningham should be very fun to watch. Quarterbacks that could fall out, Spencer Rattler could either fall to the top 10 or be number one. Like I, don't, I really don't know where to put Spencer Rattler on this list, but number eight feels fair. I like the other guys above him a lot. Anthony Richardson, I'm excited to see what he does this year as he didn't get a lot of playing time last year. So hopefully that all works out for these guys because I'll be cheering for these quarterbacks. I'll always be cheering for the quarterbacks. Always be cheering for them. Like, I'm cheering for the quarterbacks in the USFL, trying to. It's not that fun. I mean, there's – I will – you know what? I swear, I solemnly swear, I will tune in to at least two USFL games this weekend. Okay? So, we've got the Philadelphia Stars versus the Michigan Panthers on Friday at 9 p.m., so I don't know about that one. Then we got the New Jersey Generals versus the Pittsburgh Maulers at 1.30 on Peacock on Saturday. Tampa Bay Bandits versus the Birmingham Stallions at 6 on Fox, and then Sunday we get the Houston Gamblers, my team, of course, taking on the New Orleans Breakers at 2 p.m. on NBC. So if I had to guess now, we're probably looking at a New Jersey generals pittsburgh Maulers game and a Houston Gamblers versus New England New Orleans Breakers game. I think those are the two we're really looking at right now. But I don't know. I, I've got some plans on Saturday night, so I'm not going to be able to watch the Bandits or Stallions. And then Friday night, do I really want to stay up – do I – I mean, I'm going to stay up past 9 on Friday, but do I want to spend my Friday night watching the Philadelphia Stars versus the Michigan Panthers? Not really. So I think we're looking at the Sunday afternoon, both afternoon games. Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. Like right now, the Pittsburgh Maulers, This will be a rough game to watch. They scored only 26 points, allowed 71. They've scored the least amount of points in the league and allowed the second most points in the league by one point. This team is not on the lowest points lead. My team, the Houston Gamblers, have allowed 72, but they scored 71. So you know what? We'll move like that. But, yeah, that's all I've really got for you today on this Wednesday edition of Logan Blackman Show. I don't really know if I've got anything else here. Uh, today was the 11-year anniversary of Derrick Rose winning the MVP, so a round of applause for Derrick Rose. One of my, my favorite basketball player of all time. Loved watching him on the Bulls. Sad to see how things have turned out, but I need him to try a bowl in Wednesday, his number will be in the rafters next to Jordan Pippen, Love, and Sloan. And, yeah, I'm excited to see when that actually happens. But that's all I've got for you today. If I'm forgetting anything, I apologize. I hope you enjoyed the show. If not, I gravely apologize. I greatly apologize. I hope you liked it. If you didn't, I'll get better. I'll try to get better next time. If I don't, I sincerely apologize. But, <laughs> but make sure, again, you're following the Logan Blabin Show on all forms of social media. Make sure you're subscribed to the new YouTube channel as well and subscribe to the old one as well. And you're listening right now, so make sure you're following and or subscribe to the Apple Podcast and or Spotify accounts. Leave a rating out of five stars. I would greatly appreciate it. And with that, I will see you all later. Hope you have a great day. Peace.